0: And here is your question. What is the body-mind connection? We've all heard about the mind-body connection, that our thought affects our body. But how does the body actually affect our mind? How does the body affect our brain? How do you optimize your body, your function, your posture, your movement to be able to maximize your brain power? And we have the perfect guest on our show today. He is my movement coach the host of the Align podcast, Aaron Alexander. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for being here, brother. Exciting, yeah, appreciate it. You know, I always tell people as your body moves, your brain grooves, but yeah. how do you use your body? We talk about how the number one function of the brain is to control your movement, but actually by using your movement, you can actually build some brain power. Yeah. And, you know, before we get started... How should I be sitting right now?
1: Oh, my gosh. All right. So I think there's a lot of different ways to look at this question. One, you don't want to make everybody in the room uncomfortable by teaming (laughs) excessively erect with your posture. But if you're okay with that, then (laughs) the starting point would be just make sure that you're on the front edge of your sit bones. Okay. Okay? So everybody kind of reach back. If you're right now driving in a car or Mm -hmm. you're sitting at a desk, what have you, you can reach back and literally grab your butt cheeks and pull them back. Behind you, right? That's some crazy intimate <laughs> stuff, I know. And then so from there, what that does is it starts to get you to be able to leverage, you could say, that your indigenous movement patterning, if you wanted to use fancy language. Mm. But your L5-S1, that lower back part of your back, that's actually a bit more of a wedge shape. Those vertebrae are a bit more of a wedge shape. And so the way that we sit day to day, we tend kind of like to smush that wedge in the other Direction, which ends up putting a lot of stress on our lower back. Why would we want to do that? We don't want to do that, but we're formed that way. Look at baby carriages. Right. So ever since you're a little child inside of a car, it's regressing you back Mm. into the fetal position. So as you're growing up, you have these different stages. They call them opportunity windows where your brain, it literally gets fed that information of your movement. Like you look at any kid naturally, they want to put stuff in their mouth and they want to climb everything. Mm. They don't want to listen to any of your adult rules. They don't care. You know, they want to get up on the dinner table, knock the glasses over and just explore, you know. And what they're doing is they're doing that they're literally building their brain. Yeah. You know, so when we put a kid in front of an iPad, like even Steve Jobs, when somebody a reporter asked him about how much time is your kid on the iPad, he's like, I don't let him use that thing. <laughs> yeah. So as we're doing that, we're literally training and engaging and building our brain because our brain is our body. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it you is. look at the dermal layers, right from an embryological perspective, our brain and our skin, it's a continuous layer. Mm-hmm. Right? So we now, we grow up and we have our brains and we're thinking and we're reading the books and the textbooks, it's all two-dimensional. we start to create this separation or disassociation between brain, body. Mm. Right? But at a deeper level, our organism doesn't know any of that jargon. Yeah, It's just one. What are the biggest mistakes people are making with their body and how can they hack this incredible system? One really big one that people are probably hopefully savvy with by now because it's become more popular is that your posture does affect you at a hormonal level. So as you're standing in an upright position, this is something you'll get in like any type of you know, body language book is you go in before the meeting, you bring your arms up over your head and you open the chest and superwoman mm-hmm. position, whatever you call it. <laughs> right? And that puts you into a place where... At a cellular level, you know, I say your cells don't have eyes, but they can feel you. So inside there, they're saying, oh, "Okay, Jim's winning. He's all upright and like stoked. He must be winning." So it starts yeah. juicing up with testosterone, starts decreasing stress hormones. The inverse happens when Jim goes into this depressed, hunched over position. The cells are in there, they're blind, but they feel you're hunching over. (laughs) They're like, something's wrong. His cat died. And they start upregulating all these not so good feeling neurotransmitters. When people are holding their phones, like their body, what is that communicating to their mind in terms of how they feel? Yeah, so a really simple hack, you could say. For that is just hinge at your hips as you're working on the phone. Mm-hmm. So the tendency that we have because we've been trained, we end up just hunching over and hinging at this part around like our heart like thoracic spine and that becomes the way that we go through the world. then our head jacks up, we have this forward head posture mm-hmm. we have this collapsed chest right and then eventually it's maybe a dowager's hump, which means dignified elderly woman dowagers, which it's like not a very sexy thing to have a huge bulge in the back of your neck right So it's the beginning stages of those patterns as you're hunching over looking at the phone. A really simple fix for that is just keep that spine long it's okay to look at the ground, but hinge from the hips you know so you learn that in like yoga practices right. where you're one, where you're two, even when you were bent over like that and you were hunched down like that, if you take the phone out and I just seen like the
0: silhouette of your physiology, dude, it looks like you're sad it looks That's like it. you're depressed. That's
1: it. I mean, you're really sending those signals to your mind, to your mind. And then you're also sending that feedback to everyone around you. So everyone around you now perceives you as a little bit more of a loser than they did before. (laughs) Right. And you know, it's all of a sudden like, Oh, Jim, what's wrong? dude? Are you okay? You look tired. You're like, Oh no, I feel terrible. (laughs) So as we end up becoming more wealthy and more, you know, dependent on technology and all that from an outward perspective, it's like, wow, they're winning. They're doing a great job. But literally that technology, it's, forming us into this depressed mold. So at the same time, when we have more information around how to be healthy, we have better technology than ever before, mm-hmm. all of a sudden depression is, continues to go up, yeah. right? So now it's the number one leading cause of disability worldwide, right? Anxiety, obesity, all of these things, you know, hip disease, you know, all these different diseases through our body, they're going up as we become more affluent. And what that is, is that affluence, we end up outsourcing our movement to gizmos mm-hmm. right so the more expensive your shoes are or the more expensive whatever your like movement gear is oftentimes you're outsourcing what your own natural neurology would have to do it have to pick up the slack but yeah. as you get the expensive gizmos your body just says oh cool we'll just take a break we'll just stop even at a simple example like you know we we're always talking about people outsourcing their brains you know, their minds to
0: their devices and they're losing their memories their focus and everything because they're not getting that exercise yeah even Transportation. I remember the other day I hopped into a car just to drop something off at the post office or something, and it was like four blocks away. Mm-hmm. You know, and so elevators. People don't take the stairs anymore. Got just to. another example where people are. You know, there's an opportunity
1: there for people to move. There's an interesting study that was done by a woman called Ellen Langer, that, and she has a book called Counterclockwise. And she told one group of maids that they are exercising. Mm-hmm. So it said. Just so you know, all this stuff you're doing, it's like you're lifting weights, you're doing cardio, and this is like circuit training. She told the other group, nothing. And then what they found was that their biomarkers, the group that she told them that they're exercising, all of a sudden they start decreasing fat, increasing muscle, burning more calories. So something that you can do is start to look at your nonsensical chores. You're like, oh, you have to do whatever. B. I got to go to the post office. Perfect get on your bike and make it be like a training mission. Mm. I think it, language is really important. I get to go to the post office. Yeah. You live in a culture where you're able to go to the post office and send a freaking letter. You're, yeah, it's fantastic. Of, I got to work out. I got to <laughs> play with the kids. I got to whatever they get to. Yeah, And that language bit starts to change your posture. Oh, I get to go to the post office. Mm. All of a sudden, the way that you say that, physically, your posture shifts. Feel it. Like, explore it. People that are always in that like, oh, I have to. Like, I almost, to say that, I have to hunch over. I get to. To say that, I almost have to come up. Mm. It's very interesting.
0: No, gratitude. We did a whole episode on how gratitude can rewire your brain. Very, very simple. Now, the consciousness of it. So how can people trigger that so it becomes more of a habit where it becomes something they're doing more routinely instead of just
1: when they're unconscious, that's when all these bad routines come in. Yeah. I mean, you can always just come back to breath. That's like your anchor point. Something people can think about is, is first think about the breath and emphasize the breath out. So six seconds out, four seconds in. Yeah. There are a lot of different breathing
0: methods. People talk about box breathing and alpha breathing and Wim Hof breathing and fire breathing and all these different
1: things. Mm. How do you recommend people breathe just normally? Yeah. Breathe through the nose. Okay. That's a big one. So why would that be? One thing, your nose is kind of like the whole L5S1 wedge shape. Like you're going against your physiology by being hunched over in this fetal position mm-hmm. all the time. Well, that's the same thing with your face. Okay. So your nose is built to breathe. Mm-hmm. Your mouth is built to eat. So when you're breathing air through your nostrils, it goes back through these passages that end up allowing your body to start to release nitric oxide, for an example. That air goes through this labyrinth of blood vessels that ends up releasing nitric oxide because that's your body's built to do that naturally. As we start to breathe through our mouth... Something kind of funny that happens, you can tell a mouth breather. They'll end up having their chin kind of going back a little bit. They almost have like that double chin thing starting to happen. They actually end up having less testosterone. Interesting. So you can literally change your facial structure just through breathing correctly or breathing through your nose. And then another part with that is breathing through your nose creates a little bit of a restriction on the breath, Mm -hmm. which causes your muscles to have to start to come online. So that restriction of that breath causes your diaphragm to finally engage. So you'll feel a difference. If you breathe through your nose, you'll feel a little bit more of like an abdominal breath. As you breathe through your mouth, you'll feel it's a little bit more up in the chest. That sends a signal to your biology that you're panicking. If you're breathing through the chest, it's saying, line in the room, get the heck out. Hmm. Now, when you're walking people through a breathing exercise, it's actually more of a whole body breath. Mm -hmm. So something you can play with, people at home can play with this right now. Just wrap your hands around the outside of your ribs here Mm -hmm. and then have some breath. And feel that breath evenly pushing out through the ribs. So think of your breath as being more of a circumference thing. So if you can get that breath really open up through the sides of your body and the back of your body and the front of your body, now your diaphragm has to start to pull those lungs down. And it really becomes more of a full torso conversation. Think about that breath starting in the belly and then continue all the way up into the ribs, right? But don't just become consumed by just having your belly go pitter patter in front of you. So we're talking about, you know, let's go from breath to actually the physical movement. You know, I noticed that
0: sometimes you'll spend more time actually sitting on the floor. You know, you have this floor culture where you're getting grounded more. And what's that about?
1: Well, I think floor pound for pound is the highest leverage tool we can do for the least cost to have benefit on our body. Like now everyone's really excited about standing desks, tremble desks, or poo-pooing on sitting in chairs. The reality is every position that we're in, it's like a yoga asana. You can be more immaculate in any position. So standing, that's called a tadasana. You can stand really well or you can stand in a really broken, hunch over position. You can sit really well or do the opposite. Sitting on the floor is this really great thing because a you have to get all the way down to the ground and then all the way back up. That ends up eliminating fall risk right So that's the main reason that elderly go into assisted living is I fall and I can't get up. While you have the capacity to get down on the ground, if you actually utilize that, you literally take fall risk off of the table at like a cultural level. that's like billions of dollars just whoosh, off the table gone. So if we just start activating that part of ourselves just for that reason, that's great. Another thing that you see in cultures around Northern Africa, Eastern Mediterranean, Southeast Asia, you'll see they have significantly less osteoarthritis or any form of hip disease, right? Because they're going through that full range of motion. You look at like Muslim cultures, they're praying five times a day.
0: And when I look at it through that lens of culture, I just got back from Sardinia, which is, as you know, one of the five blue zones, blue zone for a longevity and people living to 100 and above and part of it though is not just their diet it's just they have to walk through these elevated areas to be able to go to work to be able to go home and that movement
1: is so key yeah and also they have gardens that's another part of the blue zones so community gardens they seem to eat grains you know they seem to drink wine they seem to do all the stuff that we're like no same thing with sun contact against your eyes Right. So that sets your circadian rhythm. Right. So it's the sun penetrates your suprachiasmatic nucleus. It starts this sequela or this chain of your brain releasing these neurotransmitters and hormones to kind of like ground you and set your circadian rhythm. We end up blocking that off all day long. And our body's like, oh, no wonder you're having issues with sleeping. You know, maybe that might be related to how you feel a little bit anxious or feel a little bit like glum. Barefoot's a big thing as well. There was a study that correlates wearing high heels a lot to schizophrenia. So as you're going through that full range of motion of the ankle, dorsi and plantar flexion of the ankle, that's all tied up to your brain as well. right? So it's said to affect your dopaminergic system, so that your body's release of dopamine, amongst a bunch of other things, lots of other things. So just looking at it as just something as getting full range of motion out of all of your joints That ties back to brain health. So something like the more padding we put on top of our bodies, the more oftentimes we'll end up restricting that. From your perspective, from this conversation, what do you recommend people do? Expose as much of your body to the sun as possible. Okay. As much as is legal or comfortable for your neighbors. Take your freaking glasses off. (laughs) You know, like don't be afraid of the sun. If you're getting burnt, maybe sort that out. Like wear a T-shirt, maybe get a sun hat. But reduce your fear to the sun, I think, is a big thing. Waking up with the cycles of the sun is really important. So that's something that, from what I've read, having a consistent sleep schedule is really important. And the really important thing is waking up at a consistent time. So having that consistency with that and also guarding your mornings and get outside, get barefoot, expose yourself to sun, put on music right? And start dancing. If you're into that might be a stretch for a lot of people, but just something to start to stimulate, not just your brain with like sitting, hunching over a crossword puzzle, but really start stimulating your brain body. You know, so for music, if that's your thing, that's great. Maybe it's taking a jog with your dog, anything that kind of gets you moving, I think is really important. Spring water is highly recommended just because you're filtering your water. Like that's great. You're getting the chlorine, all the chemicals out, but you don't want to get everything out because you want minerals in your water. You know, so if you have access to spring water, I think that's really great. If that water's passing through the rocks, collecting those minerals, that's the good stuff. We're talking about air. We're talking about water. We're talking about movement. Final words about movement. Oh, man. Take it easy on yourself. For one thing, like you're probably already doing a great job. If you made it this far to listen to a podcast like this, like you're probably doing great. Like stop being so darn hard on yourself, everybody. And then just bring your life to the floor. Like be on the floor more often. Follow any child, children, or gurus. Like, before they start to get polluted by elementary school, they're gurus, right? If you go back in time there, just play and roll and touch and move. And if you hear a song and it moves you, let it move you. That's what a kid does. It's about movement, <laughs> right? Because life is movement. Because think about it. What's the opposite? You
0: know, when you stop moving, you're dead. So continue to move. And as your body moves, your brain...
1: We'll make those connections and it'll groove. Aaron, how can people stay in touch? How can Hmm. they find out more? Well, they can tune into your podcast or on the other end of my podcast. So I'll I'll release this at the same time, whenever that is. Mm -hmm. And then aligntherapy.com. That's like the main hub of everything. Align podcast on all the socials. I post on Instagram regularly. What I would recommend
0: is everybody take a screenshot of this episode, post it on social media, tag Aaron, tag myself, and share your big aha What was your big takeaway from this episode? And then if you'd like, post a question there also as well in your description. We'd love to see your questions. Cool, look forward to it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you, man. Want to double your brain speed and memory power? If you'd like to learn rapidly and get ahead faster, I'd like to give you my brand new Quick Brain Accelerator program. You will discover exactly what I teach my clients to learn, read and remember anything in half the time. There is no charge. Is my gift to you for being one of our subscribers. That's kwikbrain.com. Or simply text the word podcast to 916 7246 and we'll send you a direct link. That's 916-82-BRAIN. And finally, the T stands for teach. You want to learn faster now? The key is to lock it in right away by teaching it to someone else. When you teach something, you get to learn it twice. Here's a simple way to do that. Leave a review on iTunes. Leave a review with your biggest takeaway from this episode. You could also post and share this podcast on your social media. It helps us spread our mission of building better, brighter brains. And of course, tag us so our team can properly thank you. Hashtag QuickBrain, K-W-I-K Brain. Mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So what does FAST stand for? Facebook, apply, subscribe, teach. I'll see you in our next episode of Quick Brain. Until then, remember, you are faster and smarter than you think.